Within our words, an unseen power is set in motion. The tongue is a small thing, but like a tiny spark can set a great force on fire. Once spoken, our words begin blazing a trail through the hearts and lives of those around us. One kind word can demolish guilt. It can inspire hope. But the same words have also embraced hatred and executed innocence. Once spoken, our words scorch their feelings and emotions on a level that only they can produce. Your words set up a chain of events beyond your control and of which you will never know. One word can destroy beliefs, harden hearts, or cultivate hatred. But they can also demonstrate faith, display forgiveness, and nurture love. The power of life and death lies in a single word, and we, the image of God, have this power in one word. Hello, my beautiful family. It is awesome to see you all today. And um, before we jump in the message, I want to thank you for coming out in this like sudden blizzard. Oh my goodness, but so great to see you. I'm glad you're all here safely. And um, before we jump into the message, I, I want to ask you if you will repeat something for me. If you will just say, I love the truth. Would you say that? I live in the truth. Would you say? The truth can be hard to hear. But I love the truth. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here now. And that if anything is done, if anything at all is accomplished here this morning, it's only because you are so good and you are so kind, and your presence is so rich and so full. In your presence, there is the fullness of everything good, and truth and light prevail. And so we just open up our hearts and our minds and our spirits to receive from you today, Lord. God, it is my humble prayer today that some words of mine would penetrate the hearts of your people, that they would hear truth and they would grab onto it and be like, yes, I hear and I obey. We love you so very much, Jesus. And it's in your beautiful name we pray. And everybody shouted, amen. Can we give the Lord just one more praise before we get started, you guys? Thank you, Jesus. God is a good God. Yes, he is all the time. So glad that you are all here. And I titled my message today, Watch Your Mouth. Turn to your neighbor and say, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Watch your mouth. The inspiration for this message took me back to years and years and years ago in my life. When I was growing up, you guys, I told you I'm one of five boys, two older brothers and two younger brothers. I never really heard, Matthew, you keep your hands to yourself. I wasn't much of a hitter, you know what I mean? I never really heard things about, hey, you give that back to him. You don't take things that don't belong to you. I was never, I always got in trouble 
for running my mouth. Can you see it? Little chocolate, chocolate little mat. You know what I mean? Just chocolate little mat, just there with grinning and just, you know, just trying to be all charming and all sweet. And my mom and dad, 50 million times growing up. We're the parents, you're not. If you come in here, I've heard this, I'm telling you guys, if you come in here tattletailing one more time, you're gonna get it. Like you're good. So it was always my mouth, and there were those times. And I get the feeling that some of you know what I'm talking about. There were those times where you would hear this, right? Or I would hear this. Watch your mouth. And then, then, there, then there was those, those times where it was like, watch your mouth. And you knew it was like, something's coming. Something's coming. I better watch. And so raising my own kids, you guys, we never knew, not Brielle so much, but we never knew what Nico was going to say. There were times that we would be out. My mom says, good, you're getting paid back. You're getting paid back. There'd be times where we'd be out in a restaurant, you guys, just itty bitty, three, four, five, and he'd be eating and spot something or see someone. He'd be like, mm, mm. I'm like, yes, bud, don't just keep eating. Keep eating. Don't say a word. Like we never knew what he was going to say. And my mom's like, yeah. The nut doesn't fall too far from the tree. <laughs> and so today, those were, we got some good advice when we were kids, right? If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. We also learned some things about words that were absolutely not true. How many of you know, I would rather be punched in the face than have someone unleash their words. Uh, sticks and stones may break your... We all know as adults that's absolutely not true, right? Because there's some of us today that those words have shaped us. It's those words that were spoken over us or spoken about us that have caused some problems, some real identity problems in our lives. And so the Bible is really, really clear that the power of life and death is right here. You have this enormous gift. You have this incredible responsibility. This. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to use your words to speak life over your children and to speak life over your situation and over your body? Are you going to be one of those people that wields your words as an instrument of good or instruments of destruction? And so I don't want you this morning to see me up here like this, family. Watch your mouth. I want you to take that finger and point it right at yourself and kind of self-impose that on yourself. Watch your mouth. <laughs> the Bible is the most incredible book ever written and anybody that says otherwise hasn't tasted and seen. It does not contradict itself. It is not full of fantasies and things that have never happened. It is the perfect, infallible word of God. 
that can't be added to in any way and can't be taken away from in any way. Well, I like this part, but I don't like that part. The word of God is key in us understanding truth and living in truth, embracing the truth. And so the word of God is full of stuff about me and my big mouth. Things that if we'll listen to the truth and internalize it, embrace it as truth, can really help you as you move your way through life, can really help you in your relationships. And so are you ready to hear some truth about our big mouths today, family? Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proverbs, your first scripture talks about how we should respond and react to people. Proverbs 15.1 says it in a gorgeous way. It says a soft answer. Would you shout to your little pastor, soft answer. soft answer. A soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. A soft answer. What are you talking about, a soft answer, Pastor Matt? Because listen here, if someone gets all up in my face thinking they're going to tell me anything, they better be ready to bring it. Because uh, I'm telling you what, I require, there's a certain way that I must be spoken to. And so if someone thinks they're going to come at me all riotous and crazy, they better be ready for a fight. A soft answer. What's that mean? Someone comes at you and they're accusing you of things and, and maybe it's even the truth, but you don't like their tone. <laughs> and all the teachers right then should have said amen. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't like their tone, you poor teachers. We pray for you teachers. We pray for you because the parents can be, never mind, I'll just, I'll, I acquiesce. <laughs> But someone comes at you, and even if what they're telling you is the truth, they're being disrespectful and they're being rude. How are we supposed to respond? Why would Solomon write this in Proverbs? Wisest man. Why would he write that a soft answer turns away wrath? Because people are going to come at you all kinds of ways. But why is it my responsibility? If someone gets up in my grill, they better be ready. Why is it my responsibility to always do the right thing? Because this verse is a reminder of whose we are. And so when you find yourself in a situation and it's bad, and they're screaming and yelling and hollering and fighting and bickering and gossiping. And Solomon says, hey, you Christians, hey, you Christians, you remember that you are the light of the world. And you don't go into a situation and you don't make it worse. 
Everybody's fighting and squabbling and, and digging in their heels, looking out for them and their position and talking about this one and talking about that one. You don't show up into that situation, Christian, and go, oh, yeah, I know what you know, She drives me nuts, too. Oh, yeah, he is one of the he. Solomon says when we find ourselves as Christians in those situations where things are crazy, we remember these wise, truthful words. And we do more than just hear them. We hear them and we live them out. We remember that a soft answer, that a soft answer, it's one of these things, you guys, that it's like, Someone is going crazy and someone is going off and someone is hurt and someone is mad. It's you realizing that I can step into this situation that's already a storm and I can speak peace or I can pour gasoline all over the fire. And so I want to tell you something, family that is an absolute truth, number one. Staying in control of our mouths can completely change the situation. Yeah, but if they're coming at me, I got news to, nope, nope, nope. Because I learned something from Brenda Nevitt several years ago when she was teaching. She's a phenomenal teacher, isn't she? Amen. Several years ago, and she said, you know when people are coming at you crazy like that? When they're, when they're just raging and they're just... Uh, you never know if they could be at home taking care of a dying parent. And they've just... They just... You never know if they showed up to work today and got that pink slip that said, you're out of here. Her whole message was just about, can you, instead of just like putting up your dukes and saying, you want some of this? You want some, that you can take a moment and just be like, hmm, I wonder, I wonder what's causing them so much pain that they're just lashing out. And, and so you know what I'm gonna try to do is I'm gonna try to walk a mile in your shoes before I defend myself and how dare you say, man, you must really be hurting. Things at home must really be broken for you to be acting out in this way. I'm gonna take the high road, Mike. I'm gonna take the high road. How dare you say, you know what? A soft answer can completely change the situation. And I wish I could tell you that that's always the case. That's always, I got to tell you about something that happened to me a few weeks ago. And um, a few weeks ago, several years ago, several years ago, I'm pulling into Walmart and um, you get to that four way stop there, you know, and, and here's what I've come to realize. And I have, it's really good to confess your sins, right? Can I get an amen? Um, I'm not really a good Christian behind the wheel. I'm not, pray for your pastor, I've already told you that, right? So you, you all need those GT stickers on your car because if I look around and I see them, I'm a better driver. Remember I told you that. So everybody get your sticker at the bookstore. Every... So I come to a four-way stop, people don't know how to use four-way stops, they just don't. And so the idea, you know, is whoever's there first, you get to go first. Well, 
I was being nice behind the wheel one day, and there was this lady, she got there a little bit after I did, and I thought, I'm gonna be a good Christian today, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna earn some brownie points. And I'm, I'm gonna let her go first, so I gave her the little wave, the universal wave, you know? Little, and she looked at me, and she's like, and I'm like, smiling, like, you can go. And she was just, I mean, you guys getting madder by the second, getting mad. So I let her go, she turned into Walmart and I pulled, and she pulls up beside me like waited, rolls her window down and lays into me. I mean, I could hear the F-bomb, I could hear, I mean, this woman is calling me everything but a child of God. You know what I mean? It's like, she, and so, so I'm like, Oh, I'm the pastor, I'm the pastor, Jesus, I'm, 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 I'm the pastor. I'm a pastor. Okay, so, so be good, be good. I just rolled my window down and I'm like, I just, I just wanted to let you go first. I don't need you to go first. I'm you idiot. And I'm just like, well, I, I just, I, I thought I was gonna let you go. So, I, and then I made the mistake, because I'm like, well, have a good day. You don't tell me what to do. I don't know. <laughs> And Ron, she called me a pig. You're just, you're just nothing but a pig. You, she called me a pig, Ron. So, it was one of those rare instances that I was a Christian behind the wheel and I just let her go and went into my... So, the moral of the story is, is that a soft answer or being nice maybe not always might get you what you're looking for, but us keeping staying in control. How would I have looked? How would I have looked rolling down my window and acting like a fool with this, you know what I mean? Can you see it all over the newspapers? GT pastor loses his mind, arrested and, right, and still talking. Because I'd be one of them, you got mouth, just go. They need to put handcuffs over my mouth, you know what I mean? God love me. And so, I don't know what this lady was going through. I don't know what, but I can tell you I got out of my car and I wasn't all riled up and I wasn't all, and I thought, at least if nothing else, hear your pastor on this family. If nothing else, if I run into this woman inside the store, I would still have an opportunity to share the gospel with her. Because I didn't meet her where she, I would still, I would love to tell you that I saw her and she apologized. She didn't, I didn't see her and I'm glad I didn't. But, but, but I was, she might have decked me, you guys. She might have, she was mad. She, but I still left the door open. Left the door open for me to be like, I don't know what you're going through, but God does. A soft answer leaves the door open for God's grace. A soft answer turns away wrath. Let's go on, family. This next one is the whole reason I put this message together, family. James, the brother of Jesus, says something, is teaching here, something that is pretty shocking. We all know, but it's pretty shocking. If anyone, man or woman, thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue. Hear your pastor. If anyone 
thinks that they are religious and does not censor their Facebook posts and does not censor their emailing and their texting. Hear your pastor. If anyone thinks, oh yes, me and Jesus, tight, tight. If anyone thinks that he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, and that would have been convicting enough. That would have been enough to just be like, oucha magoucha. You know what I mean? But he didn't stop there. He said, but deceives his own heart. This person's religious religion is worthless. There is almost nothing more disturbing to your pastor than to jump on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and see Christians destroying people. To see Christians engaging in behavior online that is so destructive and so damaging. I can't tell you the number of times that I have seen something or read something and I've wanted to chime in and just be like, I can't tell you the number of times that I've seen people hurting People who made a mistake, people who got themselves into trouble. And the ones who are criticizing and who are judging and who are gobbling up the most are Christians. There are times, you guys, when I get onto Facebook and I see girls that I know and that I love and they're posting pictures of their bodies. And I want to get on there and I want to say, I want you to set up an appointment with me. Because you must be, you must be hurting. To show all your business. You... But then I read down through the comments. Girl, you know, from perverts, of course. Oh, girl, you looking good. And it's, uh, and, but then I see others. Like, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Oh, I knew. You, 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 well, what are you trying to do? Who are you trying to do? And so if anyone thinks that they are religious, and under the guise, Brother John, of a prayer request, I'm only gonna share this with you because I want you to pray with me, okay? Hear your pastor this morning. Don't ever, ever, ever give yourself permission to destroy someone 
with your words. Your words can bring life or death. And the Bible says that the kind of person that engages, that makes a lifestyle of these kinds of situations and things, they're deceived. That they need to check their own heart because there's some non-truth there. Because in some form or fashion, we have set ourselves up to be the moral compass for everybody. When we need to get the plank out of our own eye and stop pointing out the specks in everybody else's. Stop talking about other people's, other people's kids and start looking at your own kids' mess. Keep your mouth off of other people's marriages. Because the last thing a broken person in a marriage needs is your judgment. <clears throat> and so Baum had said that their, their heart, they deceive themselves. Which means they, that they not only put out this litany of lies, endless lies to others, but they tell lies in such a way that they even deceive themselves. So I want you to know this morning, my beautiful family, that we can all talk about I love me some Jesus. Oh, who? Who me? Oh, yeah. Oh gosh, I mean, seeing me is like seeing Jesus. <laughs> I mean, you just, you, you, you see, you see me, you seen him. I'm just, just, me and me, oh me, oh yeah. Oh gosh, I'm just like him. I'm just like. It's important that we all realize this this morning, my beautiful family. I hope you will wholeheartedly agree with me on point number two. Our, our words demonstrate how deep our faith really goes. Our words demonstrate how deep our faith really goes. And do you want to know people who push back on that? Do you want to know what they say? Well, Pastor Matt, I'm a realist. I'm a re and, and what I'm not talking about is this, you guys. I am not talking about deceiving ourselves. I'm not talking about looking at your life or looking at a situation and not speaking the truth in love because there are times when we as believers are supposed to speak the truth saturated, covered, all wrapped up and tied up and slathered in love. I told you Jesus came full of grace and truth, not just full of truth. Why? Because the truth hurts. So he came full of grace and truth. I'm a realist, Pastor Matt. I calls them as I sees them. And I want to tell you that we're not called to be realists. We're called to be people of faith. And what we do, and I hope you give me a great hallelujah here, my family. What we're called to do is call those things that are not as though they were a man. 
And so we're not deceived. It's not like we don't see what's going on and acknowledge it. But we use our words to demonstrate our deep belief that our God can do anything. We use our words to not make the situation worse. To not, and I want you to hear your pastor. I'm very, very familiar with being hurt by my own lies and being hurt by other people's lies. And I know what it's like to sit around and commiserate about this and that and how I did this and how this happened to me and how... And, it, and we can use our words to make a situation that's already bad, hell. Or we can use our words to speak to that cancer in our body and speak the name of Jesus over it. We can use our words to speak to our children who might be breaking our hearts by their choices right now. We can be like, oh, I knew it. You're just like your mother. You're just like, oh, you're... We can use our words and, and, and make the situation a lot worse. Or we can use our words and say, I still believe. Our words demonstrate how deep our faith really goes. And for those of you who are here or are watching this morning, and you are all too familiar with damaging words. You are all too familiar of trusting and believing. I want you to know this morning that no words no words can take you out of the hand of your father. Your father has the final words over your life. And whatever you're in that maybe you caused or was done to you, it matters what you're saying about yourself, that you're not believing the lies that you're not enough and that you're not good enough and that you're not smart enough and that you're not capable and that you're not beautiful and that you're not worthy. And it, it matters how you use the word of God to deflect that negative garbage that you fill yourself up with God's words. And so you fill yourself up with the word of God so that you're not making it's already a bad situation. Worse by the things you're saying to yourself. Our words demonstrate how deep our faith really goes. Wrapping this up, family. There's a little bit Another little nugget from King Solomon in Proverbs that is such a tremendous lesson for people like me with big mouths. <laughs> it's a tremendous lesson. 
And so it's it's up. It's so good, you guys. Sometimes you just have to laugh. When it's true, it's true, right? I mean, you just... There is gold and abundance of costly stones. But the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Gold, silver, diamonds, rubies, sapphires. The real stuff. The real stuff. You know what makes them precious? Is they're rare. They're rare. And what Solomon is saying, these precious costly stones are very rare. And unfortunately, so can knowledge be from the lips of people. Trying to find wisdom and knowledge on our lips can also be rare. But he says, they're precious. The things, parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, teachers, administrators, those of you who have access to children on a regular basis, hear me. Our words either speak life to those precious children or death. Our words that we say to our neighbors, co-workers, demonstrate. Oh yeah, huh? she must be a Christian because yeah, she's not participating in that. Yeah, l- l- hear how he is always saying, like he's always positive, he's always, you know, there must be, there's something different there. Wisdom from our lips is rare. And so if we agree with that, if we agree with the word of God, that there are times we all get ourselves in trouble with what we say, then you should have absolutely no problem then agreeing with point number three. That sometimes, and I want you to take your pen or pencil and scratch out the word sometimes and replace that with a lot of times, okay? A lot of